0: This episode is in partnership with Gloss Genius. Made for salons and spas, Gloss Genius is the only business management and payments platform that makes it easy to grow revenue and enhance the client experience, which we are all about here on The Treatment Room. From a beautiful online booking site to powerful marketing tools and low payment processing rates, Gloss Genius empowers you to run your full salon or spa in a stylish and smart way while feeling supported at every step. For 50% off for two months, go to glossgenius.com slash sign up and enter code TTRSPRING or check the show notes for details. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to another episode of The Treatment Room with your host, Tessa Zolli. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're having such an incredible Tuesday wherever you are, and I am excited for this little solo episode. I have been thinking about this topic for a minute, and I just think it is so important to talk about and share about That topic is mistakes I have made as an esthetician and as a business owner. I think so often on social media, we see the highlights, we see the exciting moments, the announcements, the best tips, and the pretty photos, but it's so important that we also talk about, as an industry some of our failures and mistakes. So that's what I want to share today. And yeah, it is a little bit of a vulnerable topic, but I think there can be so much suffering when you feel alone and you feel isolated as an esthetician or a business owner, especially when you make a mistake. It can feel really bad. And I have absolutely been there. I definitely am my own worst critic and am very hard on myself when I make a mistake. I think this has been actually a big sign of my growth is that I don't get so attached to that feeling of feeling inadequate or less than if I make a mistake. It still does happen and it It's still a thing, but it is more temporary for me versus when I think of when I was first starting out as an esthetician. I've definitely shared, you know, other mistakes I've made and, you know, poor client experiences I had in the beginning. I've shared that on this podcast, but... I used to be so hard on myself if something like that happened. I think because I just, the intentions were so pure. I think all of us want to do our best and deliver the highest quality of care. I think there's also just so much pressure in general now to be perfect and to never make mistakes. And that is just not a tenable. Thing to maintain. So I want to put that out there. Like there's so much pressure, and you guys are obviously listening to this podcast to improve yourself. So, first, I want to say kudos to you for trying and for expanding your horizons and trying to learn more, we do have to have some grace for ourselves, especially, you know, when you're working with a high volume of people. I will never forget after I had had kind of a weird experience with a client (laughs) who wasn't happy with my service. This was years ago, maybe three or four years ago. And I'll never forget her Shouting in the lobby to the receptionist saying that, you know, she didn't feel I had spent enough time on the extractions and whatever it's valid in her eyes, the experience was subpar. I remember going to Douglas Preston who is my esthetician and somebody who's been a great mentor to me, I remember sitting or lying down on his bed and telling him, I feel so horrible. I just can't forget. I can't forget about letting this person down, the experience they had. It's just, you know, it's stuck in my head and I haven't been sleeping well. Like I was really hung up on it. And he asked Tess, how many people have you given a facial to? I had to think. Oh, maybe maybe a thousand, you know, maybe a thousand facials, and he said, "Okay, so this is one out of a thousand people. That's not even a percentage. That's not even a statistic. Things are going to happen, and you cannot let it stand in your way. You want to acknowledge the mistake and reckon with it, and and be real with yourself about how you could improve." And then it's time to let it go because you are doing a disservice to yourself and the next person you see if you are letting that mistake stand in your way. My mom also sent me a text message a little bit out of the blue the other day, but I wanted to share this with you. She said, you know, I've been reflecting on my life. She's in her 70s now. And she said, I didn't realize it in my 20s, definitely not in my 30s, not in my 40s or 50s. I'm only realizing it now that perfection can lead to a lot of suffering. And my mom knows I really try my best with everything. And I hold myself to a really high standard. And I think she sees how I can suffer if if things are not perfect. And I never want anybody to feel inadequate or less than because of that standard of perfection you're putting on yourself. So in today's episode, I want to share 10 mistakes I've made or can relate to in some facet. I want to share those with you so you know you are not alone. And I think hopefully that will be very powerful because loneliness is, is, really one of the worst things you can experience. And it's it's a consequence of feeling like you are the only one who has ever made that mistake. And I can promise you there's probably been another esthetician out there somewhere. If you've recently had a little blunder, I promise you somebody else has probably made that mistake before. And I think we can all learn so much from having an open forum about these kinds of things. And I think hopefully sharing will allow somebody to feel less alone and suffer less. So we're going to get into these mistakes I've made as an esthetician. Before we do, just want to remind you, it means so much. When you share the podcast, pass it on to a friend, a colleague, a coworker, It is one of the best ways we can support this community and provide more free education and resources for others. If you can rate the podcast in Apple iTunes, that goes a long way for the show. And (laughs) that is something I want to, yeah, be better about even reminding you guys about because I know you're so happy to do it. So that's a really great energy exchange. And I appreciate you so much for doing that. It does not have to be long. It can be, you know, one sentence, but that goes a long way for me too. Okay, let's get into some of these mistakes. Definitely a little bit of a vulnerable topic because I think we all try to present our most polished, poised, perfect versions of ourselves, And it's just not, it's not the reality. Every great esthetician you see or look up to or follow has made mistakes that they have learned from that have allowed them to grow and be better. And that is normal. So let's normalize making some mistakes. Okay. Let's see, where do I want to start? Okay. I'm going to start with boundaries. This is, this is the mistake that I definitely share with my mentees or people who consult with me who want to do virtual consultations. I think boundaries is something that's really embraced these days. It's almost like trendy (laughs) in a sense to talk about boundaries, but I think that has been a newer development. And when I first started out, I did not no boundaries were a thing and a healthy thing that i should have i think i had always heard so much about providing this golden experience putting your clients above everything else and you know just you know doing whatever you can to to make their experience with you ideal so i never really thought about boundaries and i've learned being virtual, where I'm not touching people in a treatment room. So much of my business depends on good communication. And with that comes a big need for boundaries. So when I first started out, I gave all of my clients my personal cell phone number. I didn't mention anything about when, how, what times they should contact me, and that is fully 100% on me. I also didn't real- realize that when I was first starting out. You know, I would have people contacting me late at night or on the weekends. And I noticed over time, I started to get agitated. And I think that's a normal thing. I started to get like a little bit Annoyed, And in talking to my therapist about this, she let me know that's a very normal thing that can happen when humans are overstimulated and especially living in a world where we are already so reachable and there are so many ways people can find you and contact you. It was just a normal side effect of being too available and not having healthy boundaries. It started to mess with my head a little bit because I could never rest. I was never resting. I was open, available 24-7. And that's something I have realized as a business owner is so important. And it's also important for your clients. It it shows them you have systems and You have considered how to put systems in place for the long term, and that keeps everyone safe and protected, and it protects you as the provider. I think we hear so often, if you don't fill up your own cup, you can't fill up anyone else's. So in that way, boundaries are so important. I would really strongly thinking about separating your work communications with personal communications. I know a lot of estheticians just have one cell phone and they provide that to everyone. I have also learned something. This is a tip. It is free to have a Google Voice account. That is what I now give out to my clients. I'm very clear about the hours when they can reach me and I also provide a business texting line that they are free to use but I still set parameters of when I will answer it mm-hmm. and be checking it. That has helped so much. My therapist actually suggested that to me and that's what she does and at first, you know, I just I kind of fought her and I was like, oh, what is really the difference? Then I'm just gonna have two phones. Isn't gonna isn't it gonna be more work for me to check two phones? I would kind of just rather know and be notified. <laughs> and she was kind of just like, no, trust me on this one. There is a difference, and your brain needs that separation. It is one of the most valuable things I've learned in therapy. And my mental health has drastically improved because of it. And We also cannot be upset with our clients if we don't set those boundaries and they are reaching out. So if that is happening with you, just know it is on us as the provider, as the business owner to establish that structure and to be very clear with our clients. And we cannot take offense if if we've never told them how and when to reach us. So I think that is super important. And if I were... Starting my business today, that is something I would absolutely have in place. I would even consider consider having a second phone. Okay, this one may be a little bit controversial, but it's my opinion. So I'm just gonna share my opinion with you. You may have a different opinion, and if so, I'm actually very open to hearing, hearing what your stance on this is. So lately I've realized Samples haven't been a huge uh, benefit to my clients or to me and my business when I when I started my business, I never really offered samples. It wasn't something I made known that I could do or offer. and I had a situation come up somewhat recently. Where I felt like, why don't I just give the client options and give them some samples and then they can decide what consistency of the product works best for them. So I had good intentions with this, obviously. And, you know, I I thought about it and I came to the conclusion It would be nice, since they are a more particular client, it would be nice for them to have some options and to be able to then decide which which product is best for them. That situation ultimately backfired, and I realized most often people want a clearer instruction. They want to feel that confidence from you as a provider. If it's not the most perfect match ever, you can course correct and you can find different options. But I do think it was a mistake in offering multiple samples to my client and allowing them to decide which one worked best for them. I think it can actually lead to more confusion. I think what I have realized is, you know, In certain cases, it can be okay to provide samples, perhaps limit it to one or two. That's what I would do in the future. I made the mistake of providing too many samples thinking I was being generous and that the client would appreciate it, but ultimately they didn't. And I think it's just kind of interesting to note that People want to feel led and they want to feel that you are sure as the provider. So that's something I have noticed that samples aren't necessarily helpful. And yes, I think there can be the right instance for it. Or perhaps you're deciding on different shades of of tinted sunscreen, something like that. But overall, my takeaway has been that my clients normally don't mind purchasing the full-size product, and I rarely have returns or issues with that. But I've actually found offering samples can be more of a a negative uh, thing for my business. And I'm curious if you've had that shared experience or if you feel something different. That's totally okay, too. Okay, mistake number three, try not to, to burn a bridge. If you can avoid burning a bridge, I, I, I would try to avoid burning the bridge. So this can come down to other estheticians. It could be a boss or a former boss. It could be a client. I think... Working in this space, working on skin and having our own clients, having our own personal relationships, perhaps like while you're in a spa working for someone else or, you know, say you have aspirations to do something else, to move, you know, outside of working for somebody else and work for yourself. I think there's lots of ways dynamics can (laughs) Clash. I'm like, I've noticed it a lot, actually, with other estheticians who don't get along or who no longer have a relationship with a boss or a client. It just definitely happens. And it happens a lot within this space, I've noticed. (sighs) Yeah, I, I just think if you can salvage the relationship, it doesn't mean you have to be best friends. It doesn't mean you have to communicate regularly, but if you can have a disagreement without letting it evolve into something extremely negative where emotions are charged, I just think that is smart. And nobody's perfect. you again, you can't beat yourself up. My hairstylist actually learned this tip from, someone named Nina Tulio. You might follow her already. She is on Instagram. I will link her. She's great. She is a former hairstylist and salon owner, but her tips are very relevant to all beauty professionals and definitely estheticians. She talks a lot about cash flow, marketing, pricing. She is just really savvy and a great great person to follow, but she shared this tip that you should never announce that your books are closed. What you should do instead is announce that you have a wait list for new clients. I know people say, like, no regrets, but truly, this is something I do regret. It's not something my business can't recover from. But I did make the mistake of announcing I wasn't taking on anyone new. And I did try to course correct and then say, I have a wait list. But I think the damage is done to some degree once people take that information in. Sadly, you know, even if things change, They may have that in your mind that you're not accepting anyone new and they may just move on to other businesses. So that was a mistake that I made. And I think it's also important because our industry just it definitely ebbs and flows. And I think depending on your niche, you may have a busier time of year. For waxers and hairstylists, this may be a busier time of year where a lot of people are going lighter or they are doing hair removal. But for skin professionals, I think things tend to slow down in the warmer months. We're not doing aggressive chemical peels. We're not doing lasers. And I think clients in general just have more things going on in the summer. They're traveling, going to events, maybe taking care of kids who are home from school. It's not so much the season where people are inside obsessing over every little (laughs) poor and fine line or trying to get ready for the holidays. So it is so helpful to have that bank of people or that wait list that you can pull from when things slow down or you have cancellations. And of course, that was my experience right after I announced that. It was right on the brink of the seasonal change, you know, getting into spring and summer where things slowed down a little bit. I rarely have cancellations, I can count the number of cancellations I've had on one hand. And all of a sudden, this week that I announced, I wasn't taking on anyone new. I had two or three cancellations from people traveling and whatnot. So it was a lesson learned for sure to definitely start that wait list. So I totally understand if you're in the same boat and feeling overwhelmed, but you don't want to slow down that momentum. It's so important to keep that energy going and you don't want it's sticking in someone's mind that you're no longer accepting anyone new if things change. And I think that's something to think about. I see a lot in people's bios, like no longer accepting new clients, which is totally up to the professional. And, you know, some people really cannot (laughs) squeeze in one more person, but instead it might be a little bit more of a positive tone to say instead sign up for my wait list here. And in that way, I think people also subconsciously aren't taking in like, I'm being rejected, there's no space for me. Instead, it's like a positive twist on the situation. And they can think this is what I can do to get in with her. And it also builds that anticipation of working with you. Like think of when they finally get to meet you and work with you, they're really going to appreciate that time. The next on my list is do not feel pressured to give someone or a client an answer that in there if you do not have that answer. This is such a valuable lesson my dad has actually taught me, but it is so much better in those situations to say, you know what, let me think about that. I'm going to get back to you and then do your research, reach out to your contacts find out the answer and then follow up with the clients with a thorough response. I think people really appreciate that and they appreciate that you went the extra mile for them and then to personally get back to them. I think they feel like, oh wow, she really cares and she really took the time to seek out the best possible answer instead of just giving me a rushed response or saying, I don't know. So I think that's a really good one. The next one is also inspired by a hairstylist. I love following hairstylists on social media. This stylist is named Lexi Rainbolt. She is on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok is how I found her. What I appreciate about Lexi is she's very candid with her mistakes. And that inspires me. I think there's just so much we can learn as an industry when we can see these mistakes in real time and that's what she shares. She shares, you know, when there's banding in the hair or when a color correction doesn't go as she planned it. What she does in those situations is you want to calmly stop the service. You don't want to panic. You don't need to escalate the situation because how scary is that when your eyes are closed and your esthetician starts freaking out or your hairstylist starts freaking out. I've been that person on the other end when something goes wrong and you want to feel like the provider is stepping up, taking accountability, being transparent, recognizing their mistake and verbalizing, I made a mistake, this is what happened very calmly and say what you're going to do to remedy the situation. If you are working for somebody else, I really believe you you should let your boss know and you know, let it be known that you are sharing that you are being transparent and you are making the necessary steps to correct the situation. You don't want to hide anything and that that is the you know, the worst possible outcome. Of course, it's not a great situation. It can feel natural to feel like, shoot, I messed up. I want to cover this up. But people can tell. And the way you can keep that relationship and maintain it is to just be honest and to course correct and to maintain your composure and try to make it up in the best possible way way but yeah I've been on that receiving end where something's gone wrong in a hair appointment and I was injured and (laughs) it felt very glossed over and it just didn't feel good it didn't make me want to return I'm understanding if things go wrong and some people won't be so you know that, that that that's, you know, something that can happen. The person may not want to return, but I do think most people are understanding of those situations if you are honest and make it right. Okay, the next also has to do with honesty. So a big theme is ethics, integrity. I have had clients ask about certain skin conditions that are not my specialty, take eczema. It's not something I've spent enough time thoroughly learning about. I know a little bit about it. And what I do know is that it can be very complex, but it's not, you know, my expertise. So if somebody comes to me and eczema is part of what they want to treat, I am honest and I let them know, it is not my bread and butter. It is, it's not my specialty. I do have some products I am trained with, I'm familiar with that are good products for eczema. But if, if it's a severe case, if that's something that's really severely plaguing them, it is just best to be transparent about what you can do and what you can't do. And it's okay to be, to not be the, person who knows absolutely everything. It is okay to specialize in something and need to refer out, especially if it, you know, is more of a medical skin condition and something that should be looked at by a doctor and somebody who can properly advise. So, that is something that hasn't I haven't made the mistake necessarily, but it's come up and I've always been really glad I have just been honest because Setting the expectation is one of the most important things you can do with your clients. And that's how you avoid most negative outcomes is is being really honest about what somebody can expect from their treatment, from their service, and what they can't. And lastly, I just thought of another one. So I'm going to give you guys 11 tips If this also has to do with integrity, if it comes down to making a sale and the client's best interest, always choose their best interest. I cannot stress this enough. This is how you play the long game of maintaining the client's trust and having them come back to you forever and ever versus making a quick buck. So, I think there can be lots of situations like that in skin. I can promise you it just it pays off so much to truly think of what is the best solution you could offer the client if you were in their shoes, what would you want especially it's a situation where somebody is needing relief of a Skin condition, you know, a lot of times it's, since it's not the client's area of expertise, they are trusting us and we owe it to them to provide the best possible solution for them for their skin health, not the one that is going to make us the most money. And eventually, you will make more money from being an honest provider that people can trust. So I always think about that in my interactions with clients, and I always try to provide the the option that is in their best interest. This last one, I am cheating on a little bit. It's not a mistake I've made myself, but I just thought of it, and I think it's really, really important. I think there are a lot of estheticians who are participating in brand deals or even hiring contractors or freelancers and something i just think we need to be more aware of is really thoroughly reading any contract we are signing that is a binding agreement i've had companies you know reach out to me the day or two after sending out a contract you know asking If I'm going to send it back. And I think it's because they're used to people sending contracts back really quickly. Whereas I like to take my time. I never like to feel pressured when I am signing things. I always print it out. And this might sound a little over the top, but I take out my highlighter and I go through every line to make sure I am comfortable with it. If it was a phrase or something that was over my head and was, in so much legal jargon that I couldn't understand it. I would consider hiring someone, going on legal Zoom just to make sure I understand what I am, you know, signing on for. So I just think that is something we need to be more aware of in our industry because I've seen other estheticians get shortchanged, not make as much money as they could be because either they're not reading the contract they don't have an understanding of what is fair or they just don't think they can negotiate and they don't think they can ask for something that's not already laid out for them. But yeah, as, as business owners or just people, you know, signing contracts in general, it's something you really, really want to be aware of and be careful with. Okay. That is the end of my spiel. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really hope this helped, And I hope, you know, one or two of these resonated with you. If it did, please let me know on social at my SD Tessa. I am on Instagram, TikTok. Now I'm on Twitter, not super active on there, but if you are active on Twitter, please let your girl know. Follow me. I'll follow back. I am definitely interested in meeting more esties on Twitter. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Love you so much. And I will talk to you in the next episode next Tuesday.